We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, May 8th. You know what we do on Mondays? It's Mondays with McCool. I bring in James McCool, the co author, with me of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15 hour audio DFS masterclass, as well as the Theory of DFS for Advanced Players. How to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players, including custom Excel tools, as uh, as written by by Mr. McCool. Give me those thummy thumbs early in the morning, right? Wake me up early here with the thumbs and the subscribes and the notification bells to know when we go live. Good morning to everyone in the YouTube chat. James, we're not going to have a show here the next three Mondays, if, you, if you're aware of that. I'm never aware of these things until you tell me on the show. <laughs> well, well, now I'm, t- I'm telling you, right? Next, next, next week, uh, I'm going to be gone. Programming yeah. note for everyone. Programming. I mean, I'll say that throughout the week, that uh, from the 15th to the 31st, I, I, I will, I will not be here. Okay. The entire second half of the month of May. You going on so a cruise? I, I, what? What are, you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm uh, going on an Alaskan cruise. Hey, I guessed it right. That makes sense. Okay. Right. Well, I tweeted about it. Oh, I don't follow you. Right. No, you follow me. You just don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, uh, the 16th to the 23rd is an Ala- is a, is a seven-night Alaskan cruise. I'm, me and my wife and her mother and our 11-year-old nephew, we're, we're, we're going, going to that. Obviously, we want to fly in the, the day before. So, the 15th, we're... That's that's why we're going. You know, you don't want to get your flight delayed and then miss the cruise. So that's why you come in the night before. And then right after that, me and my wife are going to Las Vegas for a week. Cool. For for double or nothing for wrestling stuff. And then then coming back. So we 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 turned the, the two trips into one. It's essentially the only reason we did this, we were originally planning on going to Las Vegas anyway. Like the tw- the 23rd to the 30th. Was already was already booked, but the the Alaskan cruise, like we got such a good deal that why that most a lot of times the cost of a lot of these things are is the airfare these yeah. days. So it's like like oh, Carnival's offering like us essentially free cruises. Essential, I mean like like you pay the port fees and that's it type of thing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, can we can we, can we go on one bef- before Las Vegas or after? La- is there one like there's a one day gap or something? Or 
flow. So we just like kind of just save money on the flight. And it yeah. turns out that it was it was that, and it was so cheap that that my mother in law and nephew got a room and coming also. So so there we go. That's pretty sick. Um, I am going to New York tomorrow, actually. So I am. Yeah, we uh, we broke this up. You and I are going to be on vacations in the month of May. I will be in New York until Friday, and then Margaret. New York, New York, or just the state of New York? I mean, New York, New York. I'm going New York. To what, what, are you, what are you doing in What are you doing in New York City? Uh, I'm going to visit a friend uh, before she starts back up her last semester at Columbia, and then moves back to LA. And I have never been to uh, New York before, so. Oh, you've never been to New York. No, where where, where no. are you staying? Uh, man, I don't even, like, right next to Central Park. That's where she lives. Okay. So I don't I don't have a great. Well, you're know. not staying in a hotel or anything? No, no, I'm staying with her. Okay. So uh, that's going to be cool. Um, Does your wife know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's, uh, she is going to be here for, like, the first couple days. I know why you're laughing. But, like, she's going to be here for the first couple days. And then she's actually going to go up to Chicago with Damascus to go visit some of her friends. And then she'll be back, like, next Monday. So, like, we're both kind of taking intermediate vacations to go see friends in other parts of the country. And then we'll reconvene Monday after the Diablo 4 beta is done. Because I'm just going to ignore her in Damascus this weekend anyway. So she might as well be gone. Um, yeah. What are you doing in New York City? So we um, we have tickets to the Book of Mormon on Broadway for Wednesday. Okay, and then, I've, uh, I've seen that. You'll you'll enjoy yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've I've wanted to see it for a long time. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go shopping on on like tomorrow. We're gonna go shopping tomorrow night so we can get outfits and everything like that. And then um, Thursday we have reservations at a Brazilian steakhouse for dinner. And then outside of that, just like hanging out, seeing the sights, going to Central Park. Just doing New York, New York things. Uh, I told her that one of the the single things that I want to do is have an actual bagel because I've never had an actual bagel. Oh, oh, you're you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, a real, yeah. A real New York bagel. Yeah. What that's what, what, I'm what, after. Are you, what are you planning on getting on it though? I don't know, bro. Like I don't know what's. Why don't you teach me up here? Because you you know about this stuff. Right. Well, I mean, first off, the the best the best type of bagel is an everything bagel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so you get everything I instead of that. just. I, they, I mean, some people just like poppy seeds, just like sesame seeds. I, I, why not just get everything? Yeah, right. Yeah. So you get everything. You get an everything bagel. You have to get a schmear. Okay. Right now, yeah. if you if you if you're if you want to if you want to go the 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 Jewish way, yeah, you get you get cream you get cream cheese and locks. Yeah, so locks bagel. Locks okay. is a, locks is essentially like like salmon. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a locks bagel before, but not like a New York locks bagel. Right. But if you but but a lot of times if depending on the, the the bagel place you're going into, they have all different types of cream cheese. So you could get like flavors and, and stuff in your cream cheese. I'm not a big fan of any of that, but but go for it. But I mean you, you don't you don't just get like just oh bagel. Yeah, I mean you could get a bagel with like with meat, like you have a roast beef sandwich on a bagel, like have it be like the bread, but really it's the it's the it's the it's the New York cream cheese and it's 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 the whole thing. But and you'll see, it's like you'll pay. You'll now the locks typically cost cost is expensive, Whatever. but if you just get a the everything bagel cream cheese, like I don't know, I don't know what the prices in New York City are anymore. But I mean, you used to be able to get that for like less than two bucks. Yeah, sick, right? Probably it's probably a little bit more. Probably probably paying two fifty two, two seventy five or something like that. But you'll get this bagel, and you'll be like oh, that that this is this is breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't uh, some little a oh, little small little bagel and you, you're getting you're getting like enough cream cheese that it's like you went to the store and you know you got like philadelphia cream cheese like oh. that, that comes in a little yeah. tin foil are you getting that much cream cheese on your bagel yeah sick yeah i'm, I'm excited um have a pizza you get a pizza too you probably yeah, get, of get course pizza, pizza of course pizza yeah so wednesday night probably before the show or after the show i don't know what time the show is actually actually put together everything um we're going to get pizza, like actual real New York pizza um, and get a real New York bagel. And then I wanted to go like one of the big reasons why I wanted to go to New York was there was this restaurant called Tetsu that had uh, these burgers that were like. It, it was like having two cast iron skillets together, cooking both sides at the same time. It was like it, it looked like an Iron Maiden for a burger, you know, the, the medieval torture device. 
but it's closed. They closed it down a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And like, I didn't know about that. So I wanted to go to that, but uh, obviously not, not a thing anymore. So I'm settling for Brazilian steakhouse because I love Brazilian steakhouses. I think they're a terrific invention. And um, yeah, just, just excited for all of the regular New York things. I also plan to get mugged since I know that's a typical New York thing. It's not, it's not really. It really isn't. No, do you have so your, do you have I, your yeah. mugger's money? Always keep like a $10 bill in your sock. Yeah, yeah. Always make sure that you have a $10 bill. Make sure that you have a baggie of white powder. It doesn't have to be the actual drugs. It just needs to be something, you know. Um, and just make sure that you have stuff to like fend off and, and give up. You never want to carry your whole net worth with you. Clearly. Here's a bagel place to go to, by the way. H&H Bagels. Okay. Okay. I mean, any place, any place, any place that, I mean, you go to any bagel place in New York mm-hmm. and that's fine. But H and H is my favorite because uh, their 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 main location, which is on Second Avenue in the Upper East Side, is like right like nearly across the street from the comic strip live that's comedy it. club. Okay. So I yeah. used to get. I mean, this this was essentially my dinner, like five days a week, five <laughs> nights a week, because because I would be doing a spot or hanging out at the comic strip and like I needed something cheap to eat or whatever. And bagel and cream cheese. There you go. There it is. H&H yeah. bagels. I think there's, that there used to be, well, there's one on West 33rd street. I don't know. There, I mean, there's only three locations. There's what well, there's one on the upper West side. I mean, you could trust me. If you walk wherever, wherever, wherever you're staying, mm-hmm. if you walk a total of about for, if you walk, you say, I don't want to walk for more than seven minutes. Just like, just no matter which direction you go to, seven minutes, you're probably going to be able to hit like six places for bagels and 10 places for pizza. Yeah. So like, like you're not, you're, it's not, it's not something like, oh, you're going to have to, I mean, unless, unless you're hanging out in the, the center, in the middle of the lake in the middle of Central Park, <laughs> like, like you could, you could, you could hit, I mean, you could hit anything anytime. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a it's a walking place. Or you don't have to take a subway to get to a bagel store. Yeah, she uh was another thing where you're talking about how I'm gonna get from the airport to her place. She's like, Yeah, it's like an hour Uber, but it's a little bit faster if you take a taxi. I'm like, I'm not taking a taxi in 2023. Like I'm just I'm right, just you can take Ubers, right? You don't have to. I mean, the only thing thing about taxis is that you just get out and, and basically raise your hand. Yeah, which is, I mean, cool, like, that's fine, but it's archaic, you know? Like, I I think about the concept of a taxi at this point, and I'm like, that doesn't even sound like something that should still exist in modern society with Uber and Lyft. I I, I just don't, it just does not sound like something that I would ever decide on doing. Maybe that makes me a bad person, I don't know, but I just can't imagine taking a taxi. That is one New York thing that I will not be doing, is taking a taxi. Okay, you also have to, for breakfast, you have to get a bodega egg sandwich. Yep, I've heard about that. Okay, yeah. Right. See, yep. this is what these these. I mean, it's it's nothing special. It's just it's it's. I mean, basically, it's a it's a kite like a Kaiser roll. Yep. With like a basically an egg omelet. Yeah. Cheese and bacon, but the thing is, is that you're not going into like a you're not like going into a restaurant. It's like basically just like oh, there's a there's the place on the corner, the little grocery store on the corner. Mm-hmm. It's like well, they they also. You also get coffee and yeah, and, and sandwiches and stuff like that. It looks like it should be unsanitary, but it's not. Well, yeah, I mean, not super unsanitary, uh, but yeah, I've that. That's another thing, and I do like egg sandwiches. Uh, sometimes I make myself egg sandwiches. Sometimes I fry up some eggs and and make an egg sandwich. So yeah, that's that's another thing to put on. Um, and it's funny, like there's so many things to do, and there's so many different like New York staples that like, I feel like I don't have enough time to hit all of them, you know? Now you've hit, you, that, you, we already, you've already hit on all of them. Right. But, but I mean, like, think about the schedule. You, you get like, bagel, you get a pizza, you get an egg sandwich, you go to a Broadway play and you get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you go. Be, that's the, uh, that's the optimal. I need to find time to, I need to find time for all these different things. Central park. I want to go to central park. I want to go to times square. Like times square. We'll what? You want to go to the middle of that? Have you ever been to Las Vegas? Yes. Picture time. Times Square is like, I want to go to the center strip, you know, where like Bally's and Caesar's Palace is like, oh, oh, it's all tourists and a bunch of lights and too many yeah, people. But I like that kind of thing. I, if it's I'm going to be in New York. Like, what, so you could go to like the same chain 
uh, chain shopping places or like, Jordan, oh, Jordan. let's go to Macy's here. Jordan, I, mean, I live in Clarksville, Tennessee. I want to go see some lights, brother. <laughs> there are no lights here. Go to Rockefeller Center. That that's that's not that. That's bad. fair. Yeah, I can do that. It's 50th yeah. Street. Okay, you could walk. You could walk up there, right? You could go to the World Trade Center Memorial if you want, right? You know, that that's down in the financial district. Yeah. But uh, what uh, what I would suggest for you yeah. is uh uh, I mean you're 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 into you I mean you were into like metal, right? Yeah, of course. You were into like underground stuff, right? Yeah. Right, go go to go to lower go to lower side, go to St. Mark's Place. St. Mark's Place is that a right that in, like, a... basically basically the East Village, so like Third Avenue and like Eleventh Street. Yeah, and then once you and then you could walk down Broadway and go to like Chinatown, that area. I mean, it's just like that. That would be the area where you get where you get more of like the the small shops. Yeah, and the cool. small little restaurants and like all independently owned things and obviously you get all the tattoo places and record shops and yeah. like all all you know you get there's comic book places there's like i mean it's just all these little it almost looked like they're based out of like basically brownstone houses yeah like the cool like that would be one. interesting yeah it sounds cool right that's that that would be but that would be part that would be part of my 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 optimal New York City lineup. Oh yeah, don't bother. Don't bother. Go. Don't don't bother wasting your time going to Coney Island though. All right, I I will not. We got. Well, we I, I mean, I I lived like ten minutes away, so like I grew up there. There's not. Yeah. It's not worth. It. Trust me. It's not. Got worth it. It. Uh, David Schneider said, "Do we talk sports here or food?" The answer is whatever. <laughs> we've we've done both. <laughs> we can talk some sports here. I'll I'll talk some sports for a sec. Um. Are you going to see a sport? You're not going to go to like to a Yankee game or a Mets no, game? No, no, I'm not. Not about that. Um, I don't even like seeing live sports at like the place that I live all that much. I like going to basketball. Well, when, when you're gone, the, the, the five days that you're gone, how how are you? Gonna, are you going to be running your your yeah. stuff like from a laptop or something, mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. not doing it at all? Yeah, I actually I took some time over the last uh, couple days to make sure that all of my models because I used to have it where my models would write to because I'm do I've been doing this since before I really knew Python code, right? So like originally, so much of my stuff was just in Excel. Um, so when I originally wrote my baseball simulations, it was actually writing everything to different Excel sheets. So I'd have game results in a different Excel sheet for each game, and then it would read from those and write those to the the site, right, where I would have it embedded. So obviously I can't write to my local machine from my laptop. So I had to go in and do a lot of work to transfer everything into cloud and make it so that nothing is being written to my local machine so that I can actually do all of my work from my laptop. Um, and my laptop- is it, is I, that, Wouldn't that, that have been the best way regardless? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it was- I mean, well, you're, I'm assuming you, why wouldn't you just keep it that way? I'm going to keep it that way. It's something that I should have done. It's it's definitely something that is like a step forward. But when you, you know, creature habit and and it's it's so much tedious work to rewrite code to write to a, a cloud database rather than just writing to your local machine. Like the, the architecture of it has changed in certain ways. I had to open up some different like databases uh, online. I had to develop some new connections like it, it was just it's boring work that i don't really like all that much all you have to do is do a find or replace for local host and put the right ip address no it's it's not that That's what that is, isn't it isn't that what you need <laughs> I'm, I'm just used to do, when, when doing web development yeah i mean essentially all your source is going to be local host uh, or, or or some internal server you know 192 yeah. like whatever 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 you know your local machine ip yeah. address whatever yeah. so for me for web development all you need to do is do a find and replace and all of that and then okay now i can upload it to the production server and it'll work yeah and, and it is it's that easy when you're doing something with html but and and now i mean it is pretty easy to have it just speak like i set up a, a google um a google automation account so now i have everything being automated through different google requests and like i, I have the app machine and everything like that like it's all set up it just took time. And um, I don't like spending time on stuff like that. Like one of the things that I have found about myself when it comes to work, and especially when it comes to data analysis and data, mod- data modeling, is if, I, if I'm not like solving a problem, I don't like doing it. 
And that sounds kind of like no duh. Like that that sounds like a very obvious thing, but like what would I, be the type of thing where you do where where you take time to do something that isn't solving a problem? This like transferring everything to write to the cloud instead. Like that and, oh, and it, it's that, not, it, it it's not giving you like but at the end of it, you're you're av- you're not getting a different answer. You're just right. You're just, yeah, I'm not like, figuring like, out something new. I'm not developing anything proprietary. I'm not building an app. Like, I, I'm I'm simply shuffling the deck, and and I don't like busy work like that. Like, I I have been doing some work with another company in in developing a basically an an API script to pull an a, an API and translate it into stats. And I'm looking at it and like, I was super gung-ho about it at first. And I'm like diving into this API and then it's just page after page after dictionary, after dictionary, after dictionary. And it's like 14 dictionaries deep into this thing, all for like very baseline stats that are not even advanced stats. Like there's not any target data. There's not any like air yards data. Like it, it's super baseline stuff. So as I continue to work through this, my drive to finish this project is just in the tank because I'm like, we're not even we're not even really going to use this. Like I, I could develop a, a script to do this in a miles easier way without using this API. And the only thing that would be lacking is like a little bit of consistency. And so that kind of stuff, it just doesn't solve a problem for me. And it doesn't feel like it if it's not something that is vital to the structure or doesn't solve a problem it's really really hard for me to finish the stuff so like when it comes to rewriting my scripts to write to the cloud or when it comes to um developing the github scripts and the github code to like actually put together the app instead of writing the app itself i'm like i can't like hire somebody else to do this but like i'm not that's, I don't like doing that either. So it's just busy work. Um, I like, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm very similar when it comes to like when it basically when it comes to Excel, mm-hmm. right? Like you wrote like all the custom tools inside theory of DFS for advanced players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll soon be getting together to add some, a little bit more upgrades, right? Mm-hmm. When I, when I get back, we'll, we'll have a conversation on some more some further upgrades to them. Yeah. But Essentially, all the stuff that you wrote for these tools is stuff that I have already did in Excel in a very poor poor way. And I'm much more likely to do things manually because the my skills, Excel skills, are 10 times worse than, than yours. That anytime that I wanted to make something that was close to what you made... There would always be problems. There would always just be, I would import something and there'd be data out of line. And then I'd have to look for what's the problem here. Like, it seemed like all the time I was bug testing and troubleshooting. And it's like, oh, because I'm doing it this way, I need to make sure that, that, oh, I need to make sure that all the player names are alphabetical in order because I know I didn't use proper VLOOKUPs. So it's yeah. like, no. Unless the projection and the thing is exactly lined up, it's just going to copy the columns. And if the if there's one new player in there, everything's going to be misaligned. So I would I would spend so much time. I would spend 10, 15 minutes troubleshooting like every day of like, mm-hmm. well, what what data is not in the right spot? And then cutting and pasting it into the right spot. And then I'm like, why don't I just make something that like does the job, but I have to do a little bit more manual work after everything's done to uh, analyze it. But like, I don't want to have to troubleshoot stuff like ten minutes to fifteen minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. So like, my, so I don't like fixing those problems. It's like, dude, I'd much rather have it take. Do I? If I can make a process like with your custom Excel tools, you've made a process that normally would manually take thirty minutes into one minute. Yeah. Right. I would try to. I the way that I would do it is I would take a process that would take 30 minutes and make it 15 minutes. But the other 14 minutes are me just troubleshooting what's wrong to get it to the point where, oh, I only have one minute left. And I found that it was much, I, I'd i rather have it that I'll make something that I could turn 30 minutes into five minutes. 
right? So it's like, okay, I don't have to troubleshoot anymore. And it's just that the extra four minutes now are me having to literally look on one screen and compare it to another screen, mm-hmm. man, and go, okay, what spot is here and what spot's there? Okay, I think that guy's over-owned or what this guy's under, like stuff like that. Or it's like, oh, because it feels like I'm doing work. It feels like I'm actually assessing the strategic value of this, but I'm just doing it manually and having to move my head like this rather than have it show up and just show me, oh, here's the three. It has two, three green values. And like, I didn't have to think about anything. It's just like, oh, the Excel sheet is just going to show me the foremost uh, over-owned and under-owned players. Like in order for me to get to that point, it took me 10, 15 minutes of troubleshooting every day. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's very similar to to so you'd rather get to the point where you're actually like you're getting a conclusion rather than figuring out a way to turn a three minute process into a two minute process mm-hmm. where it, like the the result doesn't change or anything. But for that egg for that other 30, 60 seconds, you're spending two weeks of your time just to figure that out. And it's like this seems like something that I'd rather just give to someone else to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I've done I've done work with a lot of different guys in the industry and worked with a couple of different pros on on developing tools. And what it always basically comes down to is like, I already do this, but can you help me do it faster? That's basically all like most of my work with pros in the industry has come down to I already know how to do this, but I know that you can make it so I do it faster and I'll just pay you to put it together. It's like or more accurately. Or more accurately. Yeah, some something like that. I, I have put together a couple of different tools. Um, one tool that I put together for a guy was um, he wanted to put in his portfolio and then have it be a weighted assessment based on ownership, upside, and uh, median projection, and then show the stacks. And he was like, I can get it to where like I can look at it, but I don't know how to get it to where it's an automatically weighted system. Well, and unless, like, unless you're given, unless you're given that. Right. And then what I given that formula, how do you want to wait to, how do you want to assess all of this? Mm -hmm. Like that's up to them. Let's that's like, that's up. So I made it so that he could just adjust the weight values. Mm -hmm. He just didn't know how to do it. Like he just didn't know how to put it together to where he could like manually just type in 70% projection, 15% upside, 15% ownership. So that's the kind of stuff I love doing that. People will come to me. uh, I had another guy come to me like four days ago. He's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I thought about it for sex. Like, that might be interesting. Like, do you want to like work on it for a little while? It's like, yep, let's do it. And I'll, I'll like dedicate like three hours to that because it, it was uh it was a cool little project of trying to find like kind of a niche bet to hit. And I haven't seen other people work on it. And I love projects like that where I get to work on something that I haven't seen other people do. And that really drives my passion. So I was able to put that together and um that's the kind of work that I love to do. That's that's why I love uh, putting together stuff that is not industry standard. And I think that that's kind of been what my calling card is. It's putting stuff together that you can't really find other places. And that's why I loved working on the theory of DFS so much was that you just can't find this stuff other places. I mean, you can find, if, if you wanted to go through all of the audio and we you say it every single show, if you want to go through all of the audio of every single show that you and I have ever done together and that you have ever done on this pregame show for Theory DFS, if you want to go through every video and get all of the lessons, go for it. It's 150 plus hours where you're going to have to sift through us talking more than about that, more than that. And truthfully, more, more like 400 hours. Yeah, and you're going to have to sift through segments of Jordan and I talking about New York food and getting mugged in New York. Like, you have to sift through that in order to find nuggets that matter. Or you could just buy the audio courses where we have condensed all together. You get the second course where we put together all these tools that make your process that much more efficient. And I loved putting all that together. And the process of it was so um, fulfilling, right? It, It felt so good to finally have it and put it out there and have people stoked on it. That's kind of stuff that I love to do. I, I just love putting things together that solve a problem for people. And there are more problems and there are always more problems to solve or or more better ways of analyzing of analyzing data that aren't just like sports related. Like, for, for instance, uh, like you get you get suggestions for upgrades for, mm-hmm. for our, the tool set, like all the time, like one baseball came around. And one thing that we don't have in the portfolio trimmer 
is uh, trimmed by stack. Right. Yep. So a lot of people that, that have the tool, there's like, oh, it would be so, I would love to be able to, you know, like if I'm going to smart trim, like we have it by key player. Like that's one thing we added very quickly after it was released, right? Where it's like, well, what happens if you don't want to smart trim these lineups and you wanted like, oh, I want to leave some of these lineups, but not ones with this running back or this golfer. Yeah. Or then it's like, okay, so make it so that we have a drop down and whatever key player, it's like, it's only going to, whatever you do is only going to touch those lineups. So you keep all the other ones intact. Well, that's, that's well and good for, for most sports, but a lot of times you're, you're dealing in baseball with stacks rather than, than batters. So obviously the workaround is to like, well, what player is in most of these stacks and just right. use that as the key player. But some people are like, well, what if we could trim by stack? Like you have a way to, to, to show, I mean, you show in the, in the, in the trimmer, like what stack it is. I mean, you can see there's a Yankee stack. That's an Oriole stack. This, so it's just a matter of trimming by that. So like these little things of what will make your life easier or do the things that you want to do another thing james that i want to see if you can do okay i'm bringing it to you up up on the show okay we to do con you we can't do contest simulations in excel no right well yes on a small scale a very small right on a very small scale yeah uh i i want some way okay some way of being able for like it's two problems to solve. I think one is harder than the other. First off, I want I would like to know what the top 10. I'm using an X, whatever sure. it, we're capable up to. It could be the top three most likely lineups. I don't have to tell it. I want it to with with the ownership tell me. Like, what is the most, the, the top 10 most likely lineups? Like, if I give I, a set of projections and I go, okay, it's been like NBA will be easier because, you know, you don't have to worry about correlation. But just a matter of like, here are the highest owned lineups, essentially. Here's yeah. here, very similar to the portfolio correlation matrix. Of yeah. Figure out the, like, create, it basically needs to create the lineups. From a pre- mm-hmm. basically a way to create lineups from a projection set, and then go here are the the most lo- likely lineups. Now, if you could only get the top ten, I would love it to be here's the top five hundred most yeah. likely lineups. Here's the top thousand most likely, but I don't I don't know I don't know if Excel is going to be able to handle that or or it can. It just you'll have to leave your computer on and let it run for four and a half hours. Well, are you asking to see like the top five or ten highest owned lineups? Yeah, but it also based on the combinations of play. So, so like in baseball, like the likelihood of, of in a Ronald Acuna lineup, you're going to see Ozzy Albies. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Marcelo Zuna. You're going to see Sean Murphy more. Like, I mean, baseball is a little bit, a little bit more difficult because of correlation, mm-hmm. but essentially I, I, w- I want to have a way for people to put in a projection set and be able to, essentially simulate opponent lineups that mm. they that they themselves will not be playing and yeah. then run their lineup against that set yeah yeah which is because a contest simulation like oh i want you to to accurately uh, spit out 40,000 lineups that are going to be in the relay throw is is a, is number one that's extremely difficult to do and impossible to do in excel but i mean extremely difficult difficult to do in general mm-hmm. but if we keep it on a small scale a lot of the tools in in the in the advanced course are are are, are almost toy tools right it's like oh here's a monte carlo simulator for 10 lineups yeah and we'd be like well can we do it for 100 lineups like well, you can it's just gonna take the it's not meant to be like like if you want to see the differences between 10 different lineups or your lineup versus nine opponent lineups or something. Like, here's something that you could use that you don't need to, like, build yourself. But it's like, oh, I want to simulate, like, 276 lineups against each other. It's like, that's really outside the bounds of what you could reasonably 
doing a, a, a time period in Excel. Like, yeah, you can do that in Excel, but it just like put it on in the morning and come back at night and it'll be done. Like <laughs> type of thing. Like with say for the portfolio matrix, it's like, like, oh, I want to, I want to analyze a portfolio. I want to be able to create a hundred thousand lineups mm-hmm. and then have it like, dude, you're going to be sitting there old. Like it's not, it's not meant for that scale. Right. You wouldn't be doing that in Excel. You'd be doing that in Python or R or some, some other program that's not Excel. And once you start talking about Python, like we're not going to say, say like, oh, the, these custom Python tools. Cause yeah, like, so go download the spider IDE and then right. download this code off of the course and then you can run it. No, we're not. Right. I, I, I think that the technical leap between mm-hmm. listening to audio and then running Python yeah. is much different than open yeah. up Microsoft Excel and, it pretty much works. Other than you enable macros, and it pretty much works as is. I mean, you don't have to know much about to, it. So to like, put in I'm I just want to try to find a way to gen- basically generate lineups that are more likely to be played. Mm-hmm. That you're not, dude. Maybe you built a lineup and it's in that set, and you would just want to compare it to, like, okay, show me the the top hundred most likely lineups and. How, what, what, how, how, what's my, what's my, uh, uh, player difference between the, t- like the, 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 the R squared between that and the top hundred lineups yeah. type of thing. It's like, oh, oh, my lineup, this lineup is a five V five, like off I, is a five V five off of every lineup in the, in the top hundred. Mm-hmm. All this, this lineup, although at the same ownership is only a two V two, like it's mm-hmm. a matter of like, it's not just showing like, oh, this one's owned at 180 and this one's owned at 150. It's like, well, this one's owned at 180 and this one's owned at 150, but this this other 150 is a 4v4. Well, this 150 is a 6v6. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, like that again, but you have to compare it against some type of set of lineups that you're going, oh, these are when, when we talk about James on this show, the bad lineups, yeah. the negative EV lineups. It's always these two buckets of in GPP, they're too high owned or they're too low projected. So here's the two low projected ones are easy because you can see like, okay, well, people are going to be like those lineups. I don't have to compare my lineups to, cause it's like, okay, let me just build lineups that are 70 points lower than optimal. And you could build a million. I mean, it's just those yeah. are bad lineups, but yeah. to build the ones that are like high owned and go, well, I don't want to play these hundred. I don't want to play these, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then I want to play ones that have the highest projection that are the furthest away from those. Mm-hmm. As possible, so that it gives you another metric of like it's not just ownership sum that it's yeah. ownership sum and some type of matter of combinatorics. Yeah. So here's I'll, I'll put two things in context. So one, I've built contest sims before. Um, I built a contest sim for NBA because again, like contest sims for NBA, I think are second easiest only to PGA. Um, and that there's a reason why people do. How big, the con- how big of a contest sim have you built? Uh, I was able to build one. I can't in Excel. Like... I'm talking about in Excel, not in Python. Well, so I'm putting it in context of both. Okay. So in Excel, I I know for a fact that you can do a contest sim of up to 500 lineups. Like I because I've done that before. Um, and the way that you go about it is you are doing a you're basically, instead of optimizing on projection, you're optimizing on ownership in regards to projection. So you're trying to basically build um, with a combination, like you, you take. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. How should I put this? Uh, you take the ownership and you are ranking it based on a percentile of the highest ownership that you can possibly have. And you're multiplying that against projection. And then you are using whatever that projection is as the top projection that you want to use. So like the higher the, pro- you still want high the highest own highest projected lineup is the number one line. That's basically what you're aiming for. Yeah. Right. And then you, you continue to do that through like 500 lineups and then you sim against that. Right. So, so I said to, it's weird to say it's like reverse smart trim in the portfolio trimmer. Exactly. Yeah. They're exactly. Basically in fact, you're, you're, you're getting rid of the one you're, you want to use lineups that actually, as you go down in projection, like the ownership stays the same. Yeah. You're, you're really trying to make it your goal in contest simulations is to create lineups that will very likely exist. Um, another guy in the industry, Evan Cheney, um, he has done a lot of this stuff and I worked with him on creating this. He, he actually used the logic from our, um, from our contests or from our, uh, duplication checker. He used the logic from that. And I worked with him on creating a, uh, contest simulation for NASCAR so that he could use that and guarantee that the lineups were going to, well, be very sure that lineups were going to exist within the contest. He would create those first. And then he would backfill with random lineups. Right. Um, and that's what I did with NBA was the same thing. Um, obviously, we can't do that in Excel to the to like a full contest. Like you can't do the flagship, right? right? You can't do the 15 in Excel. But when I did it in Python, I would have to create uh, like 6 million lineups, 6 million seed lineups in Python first. It would take about 12 seconds to do that. And then I would iteratively remove lineups that did not have high ownership because they likely wouldn't exist. And then we would get down to the point where we would have 2000 lineups or whatever. And then you'd sim against that, but you can do it with like 500 um, because you're basically only using lineups that likely exist. You're not really creating those random seed lineups, those millions of lineups that, that are just like whatever that people are going to play. So you can do it with 500. Um, I think that for, for the purpose of this, you're probably going to keep it to like a hundred um, just so that you can get a metric of here is what the field's top projection is. And how can I project my lineups against that? That's basically what we would be trying to do. And then you could simulate it. Like you can do a Monte Carlo sim of a hundred and 101 lineups or whatever, and project your lineup against them and see which one is best. Um, that's not hard. So yeah, that's, that's certainly doable. Right. But I mean, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do one against a hundred for like win probability. I'd want to have the payout structure yeah. to get, get an ROI rather like this would, the purpose of this would be to run your lineup against the dumb, like it's not even your lineup, like to be able to run multiple lineups. Yes. Yeah. But the multi, but the thing is, is about the simulation. The simulation would have to be one versus a hundred yes. for each of the lineups in your lineup set, yep. which, which makes it, even more intensive in Excel to have to run because imagine it's not, it's not just you. You can't just say, here's the top hundred lineups. And I want you to run my 20 lineups against it and show me the ROI. It's like, well, is it counting all 20 of your lineups with the 120? Right. Or is it, or is it just each individual lineup against 99 out of the hundred or, you know, like that type of thing. It's much more useful because to not include your other lineups because you're going to get, you're going to get really whacked out results because the only reason the lineup is in the contest is because you're entering it in. It's not because it's likely by, by your opponents. Mm -hmm. So to have it be one of the lineups, Oh, well my night, my 17th lineup isn't as profitable. Well, that's primarily because it's very close to the, your 18th lineup. And that's the reason your profit is gone. Your other lineup is just beating out it out too often. Right, but 
the field isn't. So if you were to play the other lineup, you'd still be profitable. So like, it's not, it's not a matter of that. So if let's say we have this set, if I say here are projections, here's ownership, right? We, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, we throw in the Excel document and we go here, throw in the projection, throw in the, that normal projection, ownership stream, everything. And then you say, here's a button. And said on this, this other tab, right? Create the hundred most likely lineups, right? Based on based on however the way that we do it, the hundred yeah. most likely, and then you on the main screen you have a payout structure that you could change, right? Winner take all, hundred percent, like you know whatever whatever it is, yeah. Uh, or it could be fifty percent of first, and what what whatever the whatever it would be, and then you go okay, insert your lineups. And maybe we'd up to 20, maybe, I mean, whatever, whatever the amount that we could reasonably handle. And then what it will do is run a thousand Sims of each lineup mm-hmm. against the, the hundred or whatever, whatever it is. Right. So it's going to run top one, the top, your, 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 whatever lineup, lineup one, run a thousand simulations and show me the payout of this one lineup against these hundred common lineups that are most likely then go to the next one and then do that go to the next one and then do that then go to the next one and, and next thing you know at the end of your at, at, at the when it comes through the 20 lineups show you know here's the roi of each lineup against that set yep and then you could chew it then then you could be like okay well i'm well maybe i have three lineups that are actually unprofitable maybe i have five lineups that are really profitable and and you could do it from there now in a perfect world for large field GPPs, you'd be comparing it to 20,000 lineups and yeah. you'd be running, you know, 500, uh, five, 500 set. But I mean, Excel is going to throw up a dialogue box. It's going to, yeah. it's going to vomit at you trying to do that type of stuff. The, the main issue with this is inserting payout structures because there's no good way to, to handle it. Like that there is, there is no, there's no API feed. There's no way to download it. Well, manual. I'm just saying you, you put a default, put a I default totally, 20%. Totally hear you, but right. I'm saying that that part, because of the emails that I have gotten in regards to tech support for these tools, that part is going to throw people through a loop. Certain people through a loop. Right. Um, because you have to go to, to whatever site, you have to go look at the payout structure. You're going to have to insert your own specific thresholds because it's not always going to be first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th through 20th, 20th through 50th, blah, blah, blah. How like, about the, how about this, uh, James? Let, let, we'll solve this problem. Uh, Instead of having a payout structure, have it be like top. Yeah. Have it be like, I don't saying you have to make graphs for each lineup, but like how often it, what, what the distribution of each lineup is. So instead of it saying like, what's the ROI, it's a matter mm-hmm. of like, what, what, what is the, what is the, the average finish the, position, right? The top, right? The right, essentially the top finishing position type of graph, yeah. Of like top one percent, top five percent, top ten percent, that type of thing. So obviously lineups that are like leveraged with a two v two may have like a top one percent finish lower, but a top ten percent, top twenty percent finish higher. Yeah. And ones that are very contrarian lineups that still project well are more likely to have a different curve because obviously when you're comparing against the top hundred lineups, like the ownership on those top hundred lineups are going to be very, very chalky. Yeah. Like it's going to, it's going to, you're almost like you're simulating a hundred man, like a, like a hundred man, like 12 top 12% payout type of contest where yeah. people are throwing in like the top owned stack, the top owned every, like where the, where the, the hot, the, 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 the high owned running back is going to be like 67% owned in that contest. Right, so you're, yeah. you're really looking at these like like the 121 in baseball, mm-hmm. like the the I, I wouldn't even call the spy in football because those are still large five thousand entries. Yeah, but, but it's like it's like you're treating like a hundred a hundred like a hundred man single entry. Yeah, type of GPP and going okay, what against the most the most common lineups? What are the most profitable ones? Mm-hmm. And most of your profit in those contests comes from the top one percent finishes, so they're going to be. Most likely, from a heuristic standpoint, heuristically, going to be lineups that project well, that are as much combinatorically less owned, not overall less owned, but combinationally less owned. 
It's very, yeah. it's very similar to the problem that I tried solving with the, with doing, you know, the three mans and the five man type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I want the highest rejected lineup that is the least similar to two to four other lineups that I expect to be in this contest. Yeah. Right. It's like and I, that is, I, that's a very simple application for something like this. Like that would right. be very easy to build. Right. But you could scale it up to a hundred lineup. Like it, yeah. I don't want to make it so it's like, oh, you can only compare it to like five other lineups mm-hmm. that are likely to be in. It's like, no, I want to compare it to like a hundred yeah. or whatever the number, whatever the largest number we could get away with. But it's still the, the you still have to use the ownership to create those lineups. And I think in basketball and in golf and in, I mean, what, I mean, it's in sports that have like almost no correlation. That's simple, but like, how do you do it in baseball? Like yeah. MMA, I think would even be simple because you could at least assign the fact that, you know, don't play two of the same fighters in the line, you know, from the same fight, mm-hmm. but baseball, it's like, Oh, I have to assess how on this lineup is. Maybe we we'd make it that in the, the baseball version, like you have to like it's going to make five man stacks. It's basically lock locked into five X on DraftKings or four yeah. X on FanDuel. And it's like that's it. Like, yeah, sure, there may be some four, three, whatever. It's like, no, we just here's the hundred top five X stacks. Here are the top four X, and that we're gonna call those the hundred most likely lineups. Yeah. Instead like that would like, be better off than trying to, in, trying to assess that on the fly. You'd basically, instead of projecting ownership of players and proje- and in regards to projection, you would do it in terms of stacks and you, right. you would just like, you would just find the, the highest owned stacks like Atlanta or something. And then you would assign that based on a, based on a relational score. Instead right. of the players. You'd combine all the batters together into that, that one right. thing. Right. Yeah. You just lump them. Okay. This this all sounds doable though, right? Yeah, yeah, it sounds doable. the The hard part of it, uh, when when I'm thinking about it, is uh, that there there's a very blunt way to do this, and then there's a more accurate way to do this. The very blunt way is super easy. The more accurate way uh, is a little bit more difficult because if you if you think about the concept of simulating the outcomes of those hundred lineups, right? And I'm glad that people get to listen to this like on the full show because I like talking about stuff like this. If you think about the concept of simulating 100 lineups, a very blunt way to do it is just to assign a Monte Carlo sim based on the median score of that full lineup, right? And then saying it's going to end up somewhere within a standard deviation either side and then Monte Carlo sim that out 5,000 times or whatever, and there you go. Like You can assign random numbers to that and then come up with a median outcome for the lineup. But... That doesn't really do a good job of simulating the outcome of a GPP or a contest, right? Because it it disregards ownership. Um, you really need to assign a uh, assign it based on the players' median outcomes, because then we can capture if there's like a sixty-seven percent owned running back, like. If he does well based on his random outcome, then the lineups that have him will rise to the top, not just lineups in general. Because what you run into with this kind of stuff, when you're trying to simulate your lineup against other lineups, if you just do it based on your projections, your highest projected lineup will almost always have a top EV score in simulating a contest because the field is projecting less based on your projection set. But if you do it to where you're projecting based on the median outcome of the players involved, then your top projected lineup doesn't necessarily always beat out the higher projected lineups because the chalk can rise to the top and beat your lower owned lineups and vice versa. That's how you really get a good distribution based on the percentiles. So I, like I said, I have done this in Python, so I know the logic and I know the framework of simulating these GPPs. Um, I have done the blunt way in Excel. And I'm interested to see if that more accurate way works in Excel as well. That'll be the challenge here. Um, I know that the framework works uh, with the blunt way, but I'm interested to see if that more accurate way works. That's the only challenge. So, so this is exactly what you'll be doing when you're when you go to New York, right? No, hell no. <laughs> be eating bagels and pizza and going to see shows on Broadway. <laughs> Also, always check out uh, in Times Square, check out the TKTS booth. Okay. 
Like it's for cheap. That you are, if you go like I think two o'clock or something yeah. on the day of like Broadway show. Like if you wanted to see another Broadway show, like they offer tickets for like twenty five dollars. Because it's really all based on like like what what the houses are selling on that specific yeah. day and whatever. And then the TKTS, you'll see the red signs that say TKTS. Whatever, but I mean, you could go see like you could get like a hundred and eighty dollar, two hundred and twenty dollar theater ticket for like thirty five bucks. Yeah, because because there are seats that need to be filled, right? Or right, right. So you get day it. of type of ticket, or sometimes it's like the net. Sometimes like on Wednesdays they may have Thursday tickets or something. Yeah. But it's 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 uh it's the, the program. Obviously, you could be a member, and my parents are my parents go see Broadway plays and stuff like all the time. Yeah. So like, I, I know the model. If you, if you want to see something else, I don't know if there's anything worth seeing on Broadway these days anyway. Well, funny girl with, uh, with Leah Michelle is incredible. Um, she apparently just absolutely crushes that role. Um, and there's like a whole bunch, I could talk about theater and like pop drama all day, but there's like a, there's like a lot of uh, drama around Leah Michelle because she's, apparently for lack of a better word a total bitch to work with and she's like she's been called out for uh for some antics in the past and so people were mad that she got the role but she crushes the role and it's only gotten better so i would like to see that if we could see the production with her but i don't think we're gonna have time i think that's a weekend production and outside of that there's like some other girl that does it that i don't really care that much about so that's the only other one that i would be like really interested in seeing but i like theater i actually did plays um and I was like in choir and I was in theater when I was, when I was younger, uh, before I grew into my body and started playing football. So I like that stuff a lot. Um, I'm, I'm excited to go see at least one. Right. Deepak says, I can't believe you won't go see the Yankees game. Why was boring? It's boring. <laughs> right. It's boring. I, I mean, look, like I think that going to sporting events is, uh, if you're going to go to a sporting event, you should either go to a hockey game or a basketball game. Like I think I would, that, hockey guy would stop at the hockey game. Well, no basketball games. Like if you get floor seats, floor seats are sick. Yeah. Good luck. Okay, fine. I'm going to spend $1,500 to see a bad. That's even well, worse. Like, to me. like yeah, yeah, you're right. It's floor seats. Okay. But yeah. It's still a basketball game. Yeah. But I mean, like that's, that's the thing. If you go and get like floor seats in a bit, cause that's the only time that I'll go to a basketball game. I only go if I get floor seats, um, hockey games, like you can go to and just like, they're sick anywhere that you're sitting, preferably up against the glass, but like anywhere that you sit, it's going to be sick. Um, Football games, never go to a football game. The worst, it is the largest waste of money you, that you could possibly, there, there is not a lot of Football games are like, are, football is like a made-for-TV sport. It is. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, it is significantly better on TV. There is nothing. If you get box seats and you're just stuffing your face and getting drunk the entire time, okay, whatever. But like you paid hundreds of dollars to do that when you could have done the same thing from your couch. I guess if you hate your couch, then okay, go to a game, I guess. But it's it's a terrible idea. Baseball games and soccer games, I think, are fine if you're like going for like a day game and you're just hanging out and drinking some beer and eating. I can't some hot believe dog. You're, you're you're putting soccer in there. Soccer's fine, dude. Soccer, like it's the same so- thing. Soccer is the best live sport. I think it's about number two, soccer, but let me put a caveat. Let me put an asterisk on the soccer soccer games that matter. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you go to a, you, you go to a U.S. Mexico game, you go to a, like oh, that game Ireland, uh, Italy, you go to, you, you go to any, I mean, you go to something that really ma- that matters, matters. Yeah. A world cup qualifier, you know, uh, that, or I mean, you can't say MLS. Yeah, I was going to say, games that I'm talking about MLS games here. Yeah, MLS, MLS games are the same right, as baseball right. games. Because um, I used to have, my best friend as I was growing up, his dad had season tickets to the Rapids. And like, we would go to Rapids games, and that was fine. We'd walk around and hang out and eat some food. It's the same thing as baseball. But I would love to go to a World Cup. I think that that would be... 2026, it'll be here. Transcendental experience right like bucket well, 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 how about this james there they'll they'll have they'll have a, they'll have a game or two in nashville i believe oh man so let so we're, we're going to a world cup we're going to, and I don't, I don't care what it i mean it doesn't matter what it is it's the world cup yeah let's right? see yeah and you'll, you'll 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 see what a soccer game really is supposed to be 
Yeah, that sounds sick. I, I'm I'm into that. But overall, going to sporting events, not. I guess if my if my kid wants to go, like let's go. But I'm just not that big of a fan outside of floor seats for NBA games. You know what's better than 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 hockey and soccer? What? Pro wrestling. That's probably true. I've that's I've not a, that's not a wrestling. sport. You're you're essentially going to a a. It's a mix of the two things we just talked about. It's, it's like physical theater, it, is what it is. Right, it's, it's physical, physical theater. theater. Right, exactly. What when when people are like, oh, you watch, you oh, you watch professional wrestling. It's fake. Yeah, yeah. You watch. Oh, did you watch that movie the other day? You know that's fake too. I mean, like it's just because it's live, but it's it's live action. It's like going to the theater, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's a James. No matter there's a difference between like live performance and watching the same thing on a screen is is different like these are they're actually there they're actually singing they're actually like they're they're there now yeah. the difference between pro wrestling and theater is that in in the theater you can't like heckle the actors and the characters and take part in the show while in pro wrestling the crowd is kind of part of the show also yeah it's it's I used to love wrestling when I was a kid. I fell out of the allure when I like grew into my teens a little bit, but now when I watch it, like I can appreciate it in a different way. Um, I think it's it's physical theater. I think it's cool. It's a cool thing. And some places are better than others. Yes. Uh one question that we should probably hit before we end this. Is there a preference between five one one, five two, five three and MMA? My optimizer lets me only choose one type of stack at a time. Uh, probably not a measurable difference. It mostly just depends on the size of the slate and the, and the expense of the pitchers that you want to use. Like if you have two expensive pitchers, it's more likely that you need a value play as one off to make it work. Um, if it's a smaller slate, maybe you need some one offs, but typically as the slate gets larger, you want to have that five, three as it gets smaller. Usually you end up with less correlation rules of thumb. Right, those are all rules of thumb, and you could you could you could submit those types of questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's what I cover on you. You send in your questions, and I give you the answers. Other than 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 Mondays and Fridays, right? When Fridays are MMA, Mondays I'm here with I'm here with you. Um, I believe Wednesday this week we have a Grinders Live, so I won't be. I'll be on Grinders Live, but there won't be a pregame show. But Tuesdays and Thursdays need mm-hmm. questions. Send them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, James, people could find you, paterdfs.com. Yeah, paterdfs.com. Um, been a really, really good start to the baseball season. I also have some really cool articles that are being written now by a gener- generative AI program, which is pretty sick. Uh, I'm really proud of it. It's cool. Breaks down the models in like a, a format, which is cool. So if you haven't checked those out, um, those are still free until I stop making them free today. Um, but you can go check out the other ones that are already free. And if you want to find me on Twitter, then you can find me at Pater underscore DFS, uh, on the, on the Twitters. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit everything you, everything you can. If you want to get, uh, the, the these, these Excel tools, uh, feel free to go to uh, theory of DFS.com. They're in the, the advanced players course. Obviously I would suggest, you listen to the fundamentals masterclass of 15 hours to understand the concepts of why you're even using any of these types of tools. And remember, these are efficiency tools. You can do anything, all the concepts on why, why you're trimming here and why you're looking at the, the correlation between this. Like you could do manually, like, like you, there's no, there's no reason you can't, it just takes longer, right? Just using those concepts from the first course. How do you now, Basically, what I say in most of the episodes, how do you rearrange the numbers better than your opponents, right? Because it's not necessarily about knowing sports. When you have the projections here at Roto-Grinders, right? Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a combo premium subscription. You get access to the Discord. You get projections, ownership, all the the, the premium content, everything. Like, once you have those numbers, once you have, a, you know, a, a, a good model, right, which we we could provide you here, then it's just a matter of just arranging the numbers better than your opponents. And 20 to 30% of your opponents are barely even considering any of the stuff we're even talking about. So they're just like leaking all this EV and we're fighting for the rest of it. So 
So get that theoryofdfs.com. Send in your questions, questions at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, I'll be here 11, 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. And I'll be answering them on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.